Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Amy, thank you for joining us today on Business Ninjas. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Why don't we knock out a bunch of the basics first? So why don't you tell us your your full name, your role in the company, uh, or the name of the organization and the website? Sure. So my name is Amy Sutton. I'm the CEO of Crossroads for Hope, a network of cancer support. Our website is crossroadsforhope.org. All right. And where are you based? Our um, main office is in New Jersey. Uh, okay. But we do serve nationally as well. Right on. All right. And maybe uh, to level set, if you could give us a little bit of uh, bio, you know, what's your career arc been to bring sure. you to the present opportunity? So I come out of industry, actually. You know, so I started my career. Um, I uh, graduated with a background in labor studies, that, but I went into management and worked my way up through HR as a profession and um, really found a lot of enjoyment as a business partner to the executive management team, focusing on change management, organizational development, leadership development. Um, and then just like a lot of people, you hit a moment where you're questioning, what, do you, what, what am I spending all my time working on? For me, it was after 9-11. Um, I had a lot of ties to that experience and uh, lost somebody very close to me separately on a different issue and started to think about where do I want to be spending my time? So I went into some community work. I actually took some time away, walked away and wanted to kind of think about the next phase of my life at that time and uh, ended up working in hospice care and uh, used my skills in, in industry to help um, that organization in terms of their volunteer management, their human resources, um, and also helping people understand end of life care, which is an, the ultimate change that all of us are going to go through. Right. But looking back on that experience now, I realize I really had an opportunity to see the healthcare system downstream and the role that social work as a profession can play in helping families and patients deal with that type of a crisis. Um, I left there and ran the Red Cross in Somerset County, New Jersey, which handled some of the largest disasters in New Jersey prior to Sandy oh, wow. and um, ended up my first three months on the job. We had a major nor'easter and thousands of people in shelters and started to use my skills in industry to help think through community preparedness. How do we mobilize people and resources to be prepared? How do we build capability in an organization to respond? And so that was an unbelievable experience. Um, but what I started to see was my, my interest was staying in community. And um, I felt the need to change um, and found this organization, which I had never heard of. Um, and uh, I was brought in to really help transform the organization, to take it from a grassroots operation to one that could, had more of a mature model and was reaching its full potential in terms of helping patients and families deal with the health crisis caused by cancer. So I started 10 years ago. Okay. And so we've been on quite a journey since then. Wow. Okay. And the mission statement for the organization? Yeah. So um, we are, we strive to be the safe space that people can turn first when they're affected by cancer to restore their whole being and family. So okay. we embrace, our network embraces all people touched by cancer, the diagnosed and their loved ones, um, to help move them through a health crisis caused by cancer, to take control of their health and care. 
through programs of support, education, well-being, and hope. And um, and we do that at no charge to anybody who needs these services. Wow, that's amazing. That is amazing. And how long had the organization been um, up and running before you joined? And, and has the mission statement kind of changed from when it started to where it is today? Yeah, you know, they had an interesting start. Um, this organization was started by four women in the community, all of whom had had both professional and personal connections to cancer. Many of them had worked for the American Cancer Society and really wanted to make sure these types of resources, psychosocial support for all those affected were available. They chartered this organization on 9-11. They had gotten together to meet when 9-11 happened. So interesting connections between myself and this organization. But um, they were guided very early on to affiliate with the national organization, which they did, um, that allowed them to stay independent. And we've been on that journey until 2001 when we disaffiliated and went out on our own. Um, And I think all organizations look at where they are in their growth and what they need to do for us, we needed to move forward completely independently. And so we launched as Crossroads for Hope in February, 2021. And yeah, so that's just a little bit about the history, but I think from the most important thing to me is um, the vision of our founders. You know, I'm just a steward of this organization, right? Mm -hmm. My time here, I, you know, I have a background in succession planning and leadership development. So I'm very well aware that um, all of us have our time with organizations. My job is to build an organization that I can hand off to somebody else to keep developing and growing. But but it's their vision. It was their passion of taking an idea and turning it into a reality. My job is much easier. I have success to look back on. They had just their belief that this was important and they convinced people to join them. And uh, you know, with that, my job is to continue to steward their vision forward. Wow, okay. That's a big remit. Um, and how how do you go about the fundraising side of things? So if it's uh, free to the people that need it, that's amazing. Obviously, there's a lot of work that goes into providing the resources for them. So, what's yeah. the that side of the organization look like? You know, it's interesting because I made an industry change. I had never been involved in nonprofits when I had worked for you know fifteen. I'm actually I'm, I'm going to date myself eighteen, maybe eighteen, closer to eighteen years. Um, And I think that one of the things I learned in industry around change management is and getting people excited and onboarded is the story. What is your story? Why are you doing what you're doing? People want to understand and you have to provide clarity for us in a nonprofit space. We have to be clear about the problem that we're trying to solve in the world and why it's urgent and why people need to participate in that and helping to solve that problem through charitable giving to an organization. And so it's really, in a lot of ways, it's, it's connecting with people's heart and head in the sense that it's not just a feel good thing. You know, you have to show people through the impact data, information, testimonials, you know, what is the real impact of what you're doing? So it's a lot of storytelling and making sure that you're clear about the messaging. So, you know, I always tell people, you know, when I first made the shift from industry, a lot of times charities think of themselves as different. I'm like, this is a business. I have a market. I have a brand. Mm-hmm. I have a P&L. We right. have to generate revenue. You know, it's, it's the elements of industry business, but it's rooted in something very different. 
in terms of your your heart and wanting to really envision a better world and what your role of your organization can play in that. Um, so I, I feel like from my perspective, that's what philanthropy is. When people donate, they're entrusting their treasure, their dollars, to in the belief that it's going to make a difference. My responsibility, my team's responsibility is to demonstrate that. Right. Okay. And I, I wonder what the COVID era was like for you. So, I mean, that, that had huge ramifications for lots of different parts of society, but in the medical world that, that you're in, I'm sure the changes were pretty dramatic. So maybe you could kind of share what sure. that was like. Well, you know, I come to this work, not just with an emergency uh, disaster response background. I worked in office of emergency management um, for many years after I left the Red Cross. And, and I maintained my volunteering up until, you know, recently. But so we were, our, I was already looking at that incident as it was coming our way. And New Year's, I never forget watching it on YouTube and calling a colleague and saying, are you watching what's coming? This is coming. And so in January 2020, I started normalizing that with my board, my staff. A lot of people struggled in seeing what was ahead of us. And so we started taking action immediately in January, February um, to prepare this organization to go completely virtually. So New Jersey shut down. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's like a year to the day to the 16th, March 16th, 2020, New Jersey shut down. We closed our doors and went completely virtual. And the reason that was so important to be able to do was I realized that in a crisis like this, cancer patients and their family members were going to suffer. Lots of people would not be able to get to their care. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of worry. And for most people like us dealing with this, if we had never had cancer, it was the first time we were experiencing what a health crisis was like. Hmm. Worry for the future, worry for my family, worry for myself. Will I be able to go to work, take care of my family? That's what patients and families deal with every day. And so for us, it was our responsibility to make sure that we could continue our operations. So it's about making sure you're leading through crisis, right? It all gets down to leadership and making sure that while people were struggling with trying to conceptualize what this meant, you could forge a path forward so that we could sustain our operations through that event. We had to do everything from rethinking our strategy on philanthropy. What were we doing to respond in an innovative way? How are we helping to address the specific needs of people affected by cancer? Um, we had people who couldn't get food because they couldn't leave their house and all the online food services were backed up. And we had our social work teams navigate all of that. On top of that, I'll just say, New Jersey was hit by a, a huge hurricane during this time. So while all of this is going on, we're dealing with other events happening. So for me, you know, you talk about continuity of operations, you know, who could be prepared for a pandemic? For us, what I realized was a lot of our strategic business planning efforts, the envisioning of our need to serve in different ways, the use of technology. Um, we had been through Sandy. We learned from that experience. We incorporated that into our business planning. Our operations had been shut down during that event and realized we had patients and families isolated and trapped in their homes. So all of that learning got incorporated into our business planning, our general thinking ahead for the future. All of that paid off in the end during 
COVID. Wow. Wow. Geez, tough lessons learned, but it sounds like, yeah, that's, that's great that you had the foresight to, to think down the road. I mean, you, you were uniquely positioned, it sounds like, to be able to see what those ramifications were going to be a long time before most people did. So that's, that's great. What's, um, what's the outreach strategy that you have? Um, so as you're expanding out, uh, you know, across the country now, how are you going about letting folks know that, that you exist, that you're an option, that you can help them out? Yeah, it's so interesting now that we're operating on a national level. So, so there's two things that are happening for us. The pandemic really accelerated that because there was a lack of resources. We were still operating. A lot of charities had to stop their operations. A lot of the cancer centers had to shut down, um, allowing people to come in. Or if they had to come in, they had to come in alone without loved ones. So we became a resource for people. Um, what I would tell you is having worked for national organizations, one of the things that was of concern to me as we grow is making sure we have connection to community. So we have boots on the ground, public health um, practitioners who are using an outreach model in New Jersey that we hope to scale nationally. On the national level, we're looking at things like our brand strategy. We're actually talking with companies to help us really refine our brand strategy so that we have really tight and clean messaging. And that messaging then can be incorporated into our social media strategies, which for a nonprofit are the most cost effective way to get a lot of things done is through social media. Um, but, but for me, you know, when we left the national organization, we had a logo, we had a vision for the organization, our mission statement and our tagline, taking on your cancer journey together. But we really now are starting to work on, okay, what does that actually mean? You know, how are we articulating to different stakeholders, the value and impact of our work? Um, so it's an ongoing process for us. And that's something that we're working on right now and, and turning to industry partners to help us. Right. Okay. And which social media channels are you active on so that people can go there to learn more? Yeah. So we're on Facebook, we're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, we're talking about other platforms right now, like you know, TikTok and other things. You know, I think that, you know, to stay relevant, organizations have to operate in the space in which, um, you know, people need these services. And the youngest person we have coming to us is three and the oldest is a hundred. So for us, that's a huge spread of communication strategies that we have to utilize to reach people. But more and more, I think social media is the way that, that we're going to be utilizing our, our, you know, our marketing and our, and our advertising, so to speak, for the organization. Gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you uh, for giving us an overview of where you're headed. And it sounds like this is going to be a very busy, I'm sure all your years are busy, but it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate moving forward. So it's going to be fun to, to see what the rest of the year brings. And we really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Jamie. You bet. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io w-r-i-t-e-f-o-r-m-e dot i-o and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen keep slaying it y'all